The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, Jaws, Brian, Andrew, and myself walk through the week's top stories, including our week two takeaways. Jimmy G stepping in to help the 49ers. Miami outdoing the Ravens. Is it time to take the Dolphins and Tua seriously? The Colts season spiraling out of control very quickly. Who is to blame? As well as differing ideologies when it comes to calling plays between quarterbacks and head coaches. Who should call it? We'll talk about it right here. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. up fuckers <laughs> i'm eating pizza <laughs> brian didn't respond because i don't think he wants to be called a fucker so i respect I, it i, I called you i said hey bitch oh you did i didn't even hear it yeah jaws jaws was eating pizza yeah unmute unmute yourself fool <laughs> yeah Shut you up. like you like that the nice professional intro and i just don't care i just, just going right into it just <laughs> let's, let's fucking go lfg mm-hmm. let's fucking go how you guys doing a great, what a, a great week! It's cool. been a good week. It was that's, a good week. That's good. You know, I'm glad all of your favorite football teams have won a game. So that's cool. Wait, won two games. Two games. All, all, right. all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Enough. You're all fired. <laughs> At the end of the season, I never want to talk football with you guys again. Ever. Every team in the AFC. You know what? I don't either. Anything. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It, AFC is uh it, they're they're winning they're doing stuff and things, um, but uh, yeah so we had a fun uh fun week two guys it was a fun week two a lot of unpredictability I think uh, uh right I mean more craziness the the predictions have gone haywire at best I'm like five hundred right now on my on some of my like current projections I gotta look and see what me and Brian are. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I have been spot on. <laughs> the Steelers have been working out good for you. What did you have them at? Like one in sixteen? Yes. Yes. So that's on track. Yes, it that's is. on track. And I may have handed out their only win in the first week. I don't <laughs> remember exactly when I predicted it, but it may have been week one. Uh I I don't know if you did. <laughs> All right. We're at, pause this episode. Go find out. We can't we can't continue without knowing. Yeah, well, I that have the notebook. It's going to happen. No, <laughs> we got stuffs to talk about. Um, all right, Jazz, you usually open up the shows with the discussions. Let's start off with you, bud, going through uh, week two and some of your biggest takeaways uh, from this week of football. Well, first and foremost, God, there are a lot of y- good young quarterbacks in this league, huh? Sure are. Started seeing that one Thursday night. Um, my man, Justin Herbskis. Has a solid dog per sixty uh, quotient. I don't know what we we haven't. We're working on that on hats. We're actually working on putting a number to the 
amount of dog per 60 minutes of play that players have. And Herbert might, might be near the top. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, this dude goes out there and on a play, he is like trying to run, could have walked for a first down, pulled up through the ball into the dirt and was like, no. And then the next play he throws a missile for a touchdown. That was great. That was so cool. I love seeing those. I love the fact that those two are in the same division for the next at least Forever. ten, at least five years. But we're hoping for a good ten to fifteen. I uh, I'm not going to touch the the Jags Colts game. I'll leave that for you. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield, huh? What a guy! I mean, just Baker doing Baker stuff. Fourteen for twenty nine, one forty five and one. Ooh, <laughs> I want I want better from him but I'm never going to get it right. That's how I feel too, man. That's how I feel too. Like, I want to see you do good, bro. Like, what are you, what is you doing? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, I, I don't understand. Um, Hey, the jets won a football game. Like week two is drunk. End of conversation. Week two is drunk. Yeah. The Buccaneers finally figured out how how to beat the saints. Uh, I mean, the Ravens blowing a 28 to seven lead. When you're supposed to be the team that can play with a lead. I don't understand. I This whole week, like, where do you get your weed? <laughs> From you, Dante. Oh, hey, Mr. Cheezle. It's grandma's boy reference for everybody playing the home game. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, I mean, there's a lot we're going to talk about later in the show, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But no, I, I, I figured um, it was a quick way to sum up everything we don't talk about. The Bills are a wagon. Oh, I'm going to so leave it at that. The Bills are far and away at the moment the best team in football. And I don't know if it's really that close. Uh, their point differential is uh, insane. Mm-hmm. To put it to put it kindly. Right? 17, yes. maybe 17 Seven, points. 72 to 17. Jesus Christ. That's insane. Good on them. They did it right. They did it right. Sure did. Uh, Brian, your week two takeaways, buddy. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest takeaway I have out of week two is that this year's going to be far more fun than uh, previous seasons just based on the fact that everyone knows how to lose games better than they ever have. It's fantastic <laughs> to watch. Teams are just outdoing themselves on figuring out new and fun ways to blow a game. It's 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 fantastic. It's 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 remarkable. Um, so if that's going to keep on happening, then yeah. I mean, dude, you red zone channels just like pumping as many fists as they can right now because it's going to be just score galore. Did uh, you watch it on the streaming site I suggested for you? On Sunday, I didn't watch as much football as I would have liked. Okay, fair enough. Same went for Saturday for college. Ah, so, it happens. It happens. It does happen. It does happen. Um. But to to take on to the the Bills and finally having a team that is as promised, um, there's some fun stats that are getting tossed around. And the one that stands out to me is that they just tied a record with the 1941-1942 Chicago Bears for most consecutive drives or, or – most yeah, what was it? it was most Andrew cons- confirmed this? You were you were alive then. 
It probably was. I mean, the Bears were <laughs> using the T formation while everybody else was still using the single wing. So. There it is. There it is. Yeah. That's why we brought him on. <laughs> um, but it was like 41-42 Bears were, they were the last team to um, go th- this long without punting. You know what I mean? And then you add on the fact, oh, and then they add on the fact that the Bills dating back to all 2020 have all their wins are by 10 or more points. Yeah. Like what a weird, you know what I mean? Like when they lose, they lose close ones. And then when they win, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is true. That is true. Yeah. Except my Colts. Um, So that's, I mean, that's some cool stuff. That is some, uh, that is some, you know, it is some cool stuff. This is a very dominant football team. Very, very dominant football team. It was built right, developed right. Um, I mean, I have endless, like, it pains my soul to say this, but I mean, you have to. It's, I don't want to be that guy, but this might be a perfect football team. It might be. It might be. As far as I'm saying, like, who do you see? I mean, obviously, they got to go out and duel Kansas City eventually, but, you know, in, in some other teams, but, who else like who else is really ready to unsee you don't want to get arrogant you don't want to get overconfident because that's the one of the worst things that could happen but who i mean kansas city may be the only team but it, even still I, I you know from our divisional breakdowns n- nothing's changed for me with the dolphins i Correct. i pick, i picked them to be a i'm sorry andrew i have to i can't jinx <laughs> the dolphins don't worry about Bless it you. It's impossible to jinx them, but uh, I, I still see them being a very strong contender with the Bills and that Shanahan style of offense can be tough to manage and it generates so much offense. So, yeah, they're, they're still I think they're well coached. They have excellent players all over the field and yeah, they're worthy. They are more than worthy. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about them in a moment. Um, very good. Andrew, some of your week two takeaways, my man. That I don't like this dolphin talk, but <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett has to be probably like the most lamest duck head coach <laughs> that I've seen so far. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about things like you get gifted the golden goose and you're only getting like 16 points and you lose to the Seahawks. That's, like, a, fo- that's, that's a fool's my, gold. That's fool's gold. The goose. Right that there. is. That is something I don't understand at all. Like, it was like, hey, who can we find to coach this team with Russell Wilson? Oh, let's just get Nathaniel Hackett. That sounds like something we can do. Like, why? Okay. Like, he's just a puppet. That's all I can imagine out of that guy. Uh, The other one is the Raiders are still just being the Raiders. Oh, man. Hey, to see it. Hate to see it. I know. After some hype there, fucking <laughs> a lot of, of shit. <laughs> we hate the Raiders on this. And the other takeaway is Jacoby Brissett will do Jacoby Brissett things when given the opportunity to be Jacoby Brissett. Yes, that's all he is. Happy to finish that thought for you, bud. <laughs> he is like not good at all when it comes down to anything. He is another just. Him and Nathaniel Hackett should just, when you look up placeholder in a dictionary, they should just be right there. Yeah. Big picture of them. And that's that's really all that I I got from there. And Baker, once again, Baker, Josh touched on it. Baker's, I called that from the beginning. Baker's nothing spectacular. He's nothing special. 
he's just a product of the social media era. That's all Baker Mayfield it is in my mind. It's a good point. I wish he'd stop getting AFC Offensive Player of the Year uh, nods every time I turn on my Oculus and play NFL Pro Era. Even though he plays on the Carolina Panthers, they haven't fixed that glitch yet. Crazy. Yeah, did you notice? Did you did get you, paid for that plug or what? Good. Did you I wish. Paid for that hey, plug they replied like... to me. Go Colts. Uh, they. <laughs> I love this game, man. I love it so it's much. So good. It's so good. Did you notice Deshaun Watson's not in there either? Real? No, I haven't played the Browns. I uh, just played the Browns, and you know how you go to the sidelines and you get to look over the drives and everything. Yeah, I was looking over up. Jacoby Brissett, what the hell? Well, you, so. you have to unlock the massage parlor. <laughs> it does. No, the DLC. It, listen, it's you, you can't have him in there because if you go to play as the Browns quarterback, they don't want you groping everyone. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, with the Oculus. And, oh you know, my god! <laughs> I, <laughs> I also noticed too, Andrew. Have you played at the Patriots Stadium yet, Gillette? Uh, no. Next Are there hookers? Time, no. <laughs> When you do look up, welcome is spelled with two L's. Is it really? Yeah, I caught uh, that yesterday. Yeah, I caught a couple of glitches. Like if it goes in the two minute warning or something, you can't, you got to call a timeout or audible out of the play that they give you. Uh, some it, of the play calls. If you noticed, I'm going to my wrist like I'm actually playing the game. Yeah. But other than that, like the little glitches, that's the takeaway. From It'll everything. get better. Go All play right. that game. If go you have an it. Oculus, go get play. The game. It. If you don't, go buy an Oculus and play that game. Yeah, go play it and we'll play with you. <laughs> Just like lots right. and plays with people. All, All right. right. Week two takeaways for myself. Uh the Vikings got a Viking. They're like this team is uh no uh, yeah, they beat the Packers. They beat a bad Packers team, but um I mean, are the Eagles that good? Or the Vikings, you know, this is primetime Kirk Cousins. I mean, dude, Justin Jefferson got locked down. Come on. That was insane uh, for me to watch. So, excuse me, sit there and watch. Um, yeah, I just, whatever. Bro, quarterback controversy in Dallas. Is Cooper Rush better than Dak Prescott? Maybe. Maybe he's just a better fit. Maybe because I think that's, I think we're going to touch on this topic, so. I mean, come on, like if Cooper Rush like goes on a tear, right? I mean, it's the Bengals. They're having a little bit of a hangover right now. Things aren't going so good. But, bro, Cooper Cush, uh, Cooper Rush, if 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 he's like winning games, you got to go back to Dak Prescott. I'm being completely sarcastic, everybody. They I really well. well, we never we, we know how this goes. Like, I, like, I don't think the Jets should turn back to, to Zach Wilson. I think Joe Flacco's doing just fine. But he's elite. Uh, that's just me. Uh, how bad is the Rams defense? That's bad. My God, when you, uh, you they legit almost lost to the Falcons this week. Like the Falcons went on a second half tear, and there is some concern on my end uh, with that. Uh, boom, yeah, Browns gonna Browns. How fun is this Lions team? All right, they were fun last year, being the perennial underdogs. You know, coming so close but not closing up the deal. Uh, and you know, they took the Eagles to task, something that the Vikings could not, you know, could not do. And they beat on the commanders. This offense looks fun as hell. Like, I love, I usually have like an underdog team every single year. And I think the Lions were heading into this season. But how could he not be? Like, how could you not be excited for this fan base? They go up against the Vikings this week, too. And I'm actually really uh, interested uh, by that that possible matchup. 
Uh, so I wanted to say that. And also, kudos, Giants 2-0. Who had that on their 2022 NFL season bingo card? Um, you, you didn't? No. I mm. almost don't want to go to the New York Giants Colts game. <laughs> I almost don't want to go to it because I'm a little bit like – Brian Dables, that team is is doing is 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 in a good spot. Good on them. Um, he seems to have he seems to have adopted some of McDermott's culture building tactics. Like it, you you can't dance in the locker room when you're losing. So obviously, <laughs> winning has helped him ingratiate himself to his team as his uh, players. But man, do they love that dude? Yeah. No, they're rallying around him. He almost has like a, I'm not going to say he's outspoken or, or quote worthy as like a Dan Campbell, but they worship him. They, they The team loves being around him and it's really fun and really cool and re- really refreshing to see the state of New York, the city of New York, excuse me, um, slash New Jersey. They deserve that. They deserve that. So, um, so there it is. Week two takeaways, gentlemen, Brian will go to you next. I right, kick off this topic, putting you on the spot. Jimmy G, man, uh, what we just talked about him last week about him, maybe the, the, the 49ers trading him to Dallas for yeah. some picks uh, ends up being probably one of the most important things that this the, the 49ers did recoup this year and signing him to a lesser deal. He actually has a really nice prove it deal. Um, it's his the rest of the way. Right. I think he gets like a 250 K starting bonus. So he, he makes like he is like 15 games to go. He's going to be all right. Um, plus, if he wins games, he gets an extra, I think I think it's up to 500K. Crazy. Um, but obviously, unfortunately, you know, our thoughts with 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 Trey Lance, who suffered a season-ending injury, it's, it's done. He had surgery on Monday. Uh, it's a wrap for him. Where does this, I mean, this is like an extra golden opportunity for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. And where does this leave that? debate is this still i mean in your eyes you still see this as trey lance's team or uh, uh you know is is this is jimmy g's chance to maybe uh salvage this this whole relationship uh no no that i won't go that far with jimmy g uh, the reason he signed the contract with the niners is because he didn't want to go and play in a poor situation uh, elsewhere on short term and not have a good contract. So he went back to the team that he felt most comfortable with uh, and then purposely signed a one-year deal so that he can get out of it this year and go sign elsewhere um, and now and, now, and put the Niners in the past. In my opinion, this is still, this is officially a lost season for the Niners because you knew you were moving on from Jimmy G. You knew it. You That was the plan all along. And now your franchise guy that you were hoping was going to take some steps this year and show that he is your franchise guy is done for the year. So now it doesn't mean anything. You go ahead, go compete in the NFC, which is kind of weak, and probably make the playoffs and, and hopefully get out of the first round, maybe even the second round, and maybe even play in another NFC championship with Jimmy G. I think it's possible. I don't think it answers it, it, it but it's, it would still won't be a success in my eyes if I'm John Lynch because I'm looking at it like I, I learned nothing about Trey Lance. I learned absolutely nothing. He did not play long enough this year. You know what? It's a total of five quarters basically is what you have to go off of and preseason and whatever. You don't know anything. And now you're you're back to square one. 
because that's going to be a tough injury to come back from. And you, you're not going to bring Jimmy G back. You're going to go find someone else. Right. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. This feels, and I'm not comparing either of them to, to the two people I'm about to mention, but it does remind me an awful weirdly lot of the Steve young, Joe Montana, where I think Joe, like Joe kind of came off towards the end and then he, whatever he made, he got, I know he got shipped out uh, to Kansas city, right? He was, Andrew was traded, not free agent. He was, yeah, he was traded. traded. He was traded away. Um, we all kind of know that's inevitable, but I think it does. It, you know, I'm happy for that. Jimmy G gets this opportunity to shine. I really am. I, I hate that it's at the expense of Trey Lance. Uh, there were some glimmers of fun, uh, you know, a, a fun style offense with this uh, 49ers team before the injury went down. But uh, unfortunately, we've seen the result of a, you know, a, a, a quarterback having to move around too much, you know, it gets it, it gets rough. Jimmy G, you know, has an opportunity. I mean, the, the offense looked night and day different, though. Like that, I, I liked how poised. I watched the game film, and there was a part of me that wanted to do some. I know we didn't get to it, unfortunately, because the internet here. But I wanted to do some film on Jimmy G, uh, yesterday, and I, it was, you know, there was not a whole lot I could take away from it to to make an episode exciting and, and fun to watch. But uh, he looked a lot like comfortable, cool, poised. Uh, as as the Seahawks were blitzing out, I'm gonna and you know it's, it's the Seahawks front seven. You know it's it's not really uh, anything to 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 completely fear, but they you know that the, they were closing on him. Jimmy G looked great. I wanted to give kudos to that. I do think this complicates Trey Lance's future, though. I think that is the most important thing. Brian brought up a good point. You know we don't know anything yet, so now you're going into another season with a very you know it, it, it'll be 2023. Uh, you have a super small sample size of what Trey Lance can be. It's a very, very tiny and not very excitable thing. Uh, you put a lot of pressure. I think this happening has put a lot more pressure on Trey Lance to deliver next year. If Jimmy G does good this year, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, sit here and say that Jimmy G's automatically got to have a good year. But we know he's a he's a he's a higher ended. Oh, he's a game manager um, who can do exciting things. All right, he can hand the ball off like a motherfucker too. Those running backs, oh my god, I'm so tired of drafting San Francisco 49ers running backs. Not gonna lie, because they just use everybody and they all do so great. But, uh, but if Trey Lance, I mean, right out of the gate, if Trey Lance is not finding the the same success next year that Jimmy G has had when healthy or has this this year, if if there is any, um, it's 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 a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure that I don't think a lot of people want to have right like cam newton following tom brady kind of pressure and what i mean by that is you have a guy who you could you know you could be fine with you could win games with you might be able to go far with uh but you're the successor that's little known about you and the the, you know there's not a whole lot of that your your hope's not very high so that's where i'm at i think like i said I, i think trey lance is the ultimate uh loser of all this because uh, the pressure is just there, and it's a—I mean, it's a gross injury. It was a really gross to watch, but uh, yeah, I think Jimmy G could if if he stays upright, stays healthy, does the, you know puts the 49ers in a winning position. I mean, they've been doing it all without George Kittle too. I want to put you know put that out there, but uh, the, there's uh, Jimmy G could get a, a, a maybe a decent payday uh, coming out of the season. Jazz, nope. Andrew, sorry. So my biggest thing with Jimmy G is, yes, every single time he's actually played a full season, they've gone to 
at least the NFC Championship game. Correct. But the question is, is since he's been there, he's only played two full seasons. Right. So I think that was ultimately the biggest thing, why you're going to move on, is what do you get out of Jimmy G? Jimmy G, you never know. Is he even going to get hurt this year? I mean, I hope not, but is he going to get hurt again? And then once again, like Brian or like you guys were saying, it's a lost season. Right. So you kind of got to stick with Trey Lance in kind of the trend of the NFL in a way is you're going to overpay Trey Lance and then all of a sudden have this guy with a rookie deal sitting on your bench and then waiting for that to drain down. And then you're just into a Packer situation where you drafted a guy to replace a guy and Jimmy G's no Aaron Rodgers. Right. So in other words, it's good for this year. And it does suck for Trey Lance that he got hurt. But in a way, it might be better if he doesn't have Jimmy G looking over his shoulder and has maybe somebody else right. that has no ties. Steve Young didn't really become Steve Young and win a Super Bowl until kind of Montana left. Right. And he even, you know, fluttered out a little bit. You kind of got to make the decision in a way. In, in that way is what, what do you think is better long-term? Right. Paying Jimmy G probably another $27 million, if not more the way that the quarterback market's going, depending on what he does this year, or just saying, we're just going to cut our losses and stick with this rookie contract quarterback and see what we got and pray to God right. that it's going to work out. That's that's where I stand in this. And in my situation, Jimmy G was if if I'm you know, John Lynch of them, Jimmy G's gone. No matter what. No matter what. In and in, in any situation, because you can't do that to Trey Lance. You can't keep on doing it to your organization. I mean, the guy plays about three to six games most of the time and then gets injured. Yeah. Do you really want that on your books? We've seen his so, ceiling. We've seen his ceiling, uh, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, with Trey Lance, you got enough pieces. Like you mentioned the running backs, you got Debo, you got all that stuff. You got enough to kind of cushion Trey, I think, and get him a little bit more eased in than what it is. All right. Jaws, uh, what do you got, buddy, for this one? Listen, th- this puts this may, this makes every decision the Niners are going to do very easy. You're in win now mode. All right. You don't, you're not looking for a, uh, our our second year guy had a good year, fell a little short, but we're excited for the future. That's all. That's off the table. That's all. That's out the window. So now you got a guy, you got a vet on a one year deal, a guy you know can win you some games. So go win games. All right, he, Jimmy G's playing for a contract. He's playing to be a starter somewhere else next year. He's not going to bomb games for you. He's not going to put your franchise in a position to draft the next guy, and. For all intent and purpose, you already have who you claim to be your next guy. Right. So go win. Go get him a couple more pieces to bolster whatever you need to bolster to make this to give you to give you a shot. And the only way you even consider paying Jimmy G after this season is if he wins the big one. Yeah. And that's it. That that's the only answer. There's no complication here. Trey's done for the year. He'll be back next year. We'll try again. Jimmy G's gone after this year. So let's go try to win one. 
let's see what the let's see what the dude's got because he's either going to prove that he's not worth paying again, or he's going to prove that he is. And either way, you have your answer to the question, and that like it, it gets no simpler in my opinion. Right. All right. Yeah, I respect that. It's uh, it's one of those very unique situations where a previous starter is okay with being the backup. It's one of those very rare ones. And uh, this is certainly, you know, obviously, like I said, it, in a, in a sense, not that these again, these players are at the same talent level as Joe and 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 Steve were, but it's it's it is reminiscent of that. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's very intriguing. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. Um, you know, this exact situation uh, in some time. All right, next topic. Andrew, we're going to kick off with you because it is your favorite team, of course. Miami outdoing those pesky Baltimore Ravens. Uh, epic comeback down in Baltimore. Epic comeback. Uh, in your opinion, you know, I know you're a little bit of a pessimist about your favorite team like I am, that you can be. Uh, is it time to take your Dolphins seriously and take two a little bit seriously or uh, or or what? What's your thoughts? I want to see a little bit more consistency, but what I saw out of Tua in that fourth quarter was a reason why you drafted him fifth overall. And that is something that I think Tua has been missing. And a lot of people say, you know, about everything with him, but he does have a winning record. Right. The, the guy does have a winning record. Wins. They're not a quarterback. Stat. I know, but he's. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! You don't get to throw the shit in my face when it does when it doesn't work for you and it works for me, and that they cannot take that shit the other way around. No, 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 no! Winning record, my ass. So, but what he did, and it wasn't even so much with his throws. He looked so much more confident than I've ever seen this guy ever. Yeah, that spin move that he did was absolutely amazing it was like where has that guy been because the biggest knock on Tua is he's not athletic he's short he's left-handed he doesn't have an arm and yet he went out and he dropped six touchdowns on the Ravens D there is one play I this was like kind of me doing a little bit of film study like watching everything there's one play where Patrick Queen goes clean in the Tua I know and I've watched over the years would have crumbled, thrown a pick. He got that ball off. And a lot of people gave him shit about that ball that he threw to Gasecki. But that, once again, we're going to bring up Joe Montana. But that is almost like the same type of pass Joe Montana threw to Dwight Clark. I'm going to throw it so damn high that either my guy is going to catch it or it's going to go out of the end zone. Right. And what I saw out of Tua was just poise, confidence, and everything else that I have not seen, not seen out of him. And yes, he kind of underthrew a couple of deep throws, but that is not the offense that he's in. Right. And a lot of people talked about the Ravens blowing coverage. Well, I never seen Tua really take advantage of blown coverage before until this point. So he's doing everything that the doubters said that and it's only been really in the one game or in the fourth quarter that everybody said that he couldn't do. And now they're still kind of knocking him for doing those things. So I don't, Tua can only be Tua because there's only one 
under six, there's only one six foot left-handed non-athletic quarterback to probably ever play in the NFL. And his name is Tua Tunga Viola. So we cannot compare him to anything. Right. And, but in that game, he was poised, he was confident. And I think it comes down to, can they keep it going? Can this offense keep on going? Uh, Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, are they going to still breathe confidence into him? We talked about Dable bringing some sort of culture in there. And I think Mike McDaniel has changed the culture and changed it around to, to the point where he's like, this is my guy. This is the quarterback that I need. And he he showed me a lot more in in one quarter than he's shown me in what three years in the NFL. So, yeah. but I don't know if you could, I don't want to say take him seriously, but I'm going to take it in week two and I'm going to enjoy it until, you know, until next game. And then I'll get depressed and be like, he still sucks. But, <laughs> but I saw, I saw something great and I want to see it again. And that's yeah. all it's offensive line play. Great defense. Not so great, but everything else, it just, it seemed like we had a fun offense and it seemed like it was great to watch. Absolutely. All right. This should be fun. Jazz, you're up. All right. We're we're talking about the same dude who was down 35-14 going to the fourth, right? Like the dude you just compared to Joe Montana. That's the guy we're talking about. No, no, no. One, he made, he mentioned the throw. No, no, no. He mentioned the throw. He mentioned the compared, throw. And Joe Montana's been down Montana. by a lot of points too. So do you want to look at what Joe Montana's comeback drives are? Cuz then that NFC Championship game in 1981, they were down, buddy, and he came back. So this is why you don't compare goats to anybody. Like <laughs> I'm just comparing. Right. Like, the, listen, the question is not about Joe Montana. No, the question is about a dude who has one electric quarter, probably stemmed by the fact that the Ravens are a train wreck when it comes to finishing football games. I, like I'm sorry. Like we're we're talking about a team who was up 35 to 14 and found a way to lose when running the ball is supposed to be your jam. Like that's supposed to be the thing you're supposed to be. You're, you're built to have a lead and then run the clock out. And you didn't, I don't, I, I, I now I didn't see a ton of this game. I saw highlights and I do have an interesting thing that I'll come out with here for you. And you will appreciate the crap out of this. Uh, one, I, I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody called to a unathletic. I, I thought his mobility and his athleticism was part of the reason they liked him so much. That's I could be wrong being, you know, the Buffalo guy, but um, I, I don't know. I, I look at this. I'm like, and I, I ask questions like, okay, you're up by that much. Do you back off? Like, okay, we'll let them dink and dunk there. There's no way they come back. Well, their team is built for that. Their team is built to hit slants that turn into 60 yard, 60 yard touchdowns. So you can't do that. They're built to be a team you have to play all four quarters against, and they and they showed why. This, to me, is more of a Ravens blunder than a Miami reason to be excited. Now, listen, be excited. It's fantastic. 28 to come back and win in the fourth is awesome. But your alleged vaunted defense gave up 38, and you're lucky to walk out with the win because the other alleged vaunted defense gave up 42, 28 of which came in the last quarter. I don't know what to do with that. That is go home week two. You're drunk. That's what that is. <laughs> I now, think one of the, I, I, when you talk about the defense is maybe you got to look, I look at it as a positive that we don't have to rely on the defense. 
that there wasn't a big reliance on the defense until certain points. Yeah, until the you're fourth. coming into your well, you're coming into your own. It's coming into your own offense, and the biggest knock was always the Dolphins didn't have an offense, and yet they do it. And everybody's still like, oh, well, the Ravens did that. But they took advantage of the Ravens' blunders. Absolutely. When, when Tom like Brady a- came back in that Super Bowl, nobody said, oh, you know, the Falcons. A lot of people go, Tom Brady's great. Actually, I almost so why, remember this hearing is the thing about rip the Falcons for sitting back and playing prevent defense I, for a half of football is, losing a game. I'm not I, a, I distinctly remember it. I'm not like a huge. Matter of fact, I was one of the people. I'm not rah-rah to a guy. But I have noticed that when certain people do things, it, it, it's okay. Like Justin Herbert throwing a pick six to end a game. But then all of a sudden, Tua comes back, and it's Tua still sucks. But don't worry, Justin Herbert's the man. You lost the game for your team. You, you lost it. You threw the ball, the pick six. You lost it. And the, the, big, the biggest, that was an the biggest for that team. The biggest difference so, is... Herbert is a dude who's been playing at an incredibly high level of quarterback play. Okay. And keeping his teams in games but, they don't belong in forever. Tua forever has been leaning on a defense that outscores the offense regularly. And now all that's of a sudden something it's, great. That's not that's not a that's not a I don't like Tua, but I like Herbert for whatever reason. That's just a fact. Like <clears throat> Herbert has put up numbers at the position since he got the start. Because a guy who's now caring for his injured ribs was caring for another guy's injured, rib, injured ribs and fucked up. But Tua, I mean, how many times has it been like, last week? They scored one touchdown and their defense scored one touchdown. And everyone was like, oh, my God, two in the two in the offense. I he scored once. That was a very bland. Game. That looked like same old Tua. But in this game, Tua looked like same old Tua for three quarters. But maybe. That's this thing, man. I will take I will take regular Tua for three quarters if I get superstar Tua for fourth. Uh, I can I can guess what if my man dropped like four touchdowns in fifteen minutes. I can tell you that if regular Tua shows up for three quarters on Sunday, you're staring at a six. Oh yeah, don't you think I know that? That's that's, all right. All right. right. (laughs) That's common sense. Moving on, Brian, you're up, buddy. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm the youngest of four, so my job was always to like uh, calm everyone and be like the funny one to like crack a joke to ease attention. So uh, uh, I don't have a joke prepared. I'm sorry. Uh, a guy walks into a bar. Ow. Is out. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, <laughs> when it comes to this, I was trying to think while you guys were talking or whatever that was. Um, I was trying to think of previous players that other teams had given up on and then went somewhere else, specifically, obviously, quarterback. Geno Smith. And then, well, no, he looked terrible yesterday. <laughs> it's, he's bad. Hence the joke. Yeah, but I, I 100% believe in all the time that you need to know your personnel better than anyone else. Mike McDaniels understands what makes Tua good and what could make Tua bad. He will do as best as he can to always put him in favorable positions to go out and win a game. He's never going to be, in my opinion, a guy that throws consistently over 350 yards, 
over three touchdowns a game. He's not going to be that guy. It, it wouldn't make sense after what we've already seen. It just, it's not in the cards and that's fine because there's been other quarterbacks that have been game managers and guys that understand their roles and they take advantage of it and they, they get their teams to compete. That's what this Dolphins team is going to be for me all year. People can keep doubting Tua based on one performance and, and then another performance and then trying to compare the two one week to the next week. But guess what? They're not going to care about that. They're not going to worry about that. They're just focusing on winning the game. And at the end of the year, it would shock me if they had anything less than 11 wins. I think they're that balanced. I think they, their offense can be that explosive with those wide receivers because, yes, they do have the best wide receiver combo maybe ever. We'll see. Jalen Waddle was a stud long before Tyreek Hill joined the team. So yeah. now you add in Tyreek, that's nuts. I don't know. I, how I will I will give you that that receiving duo is absolutely electric. I will not give you best ever, and I will not give you best current. But I will tell you that they are easily top five, probably top three. And um, the thing I was going to say, what's that? Who is best current, though? I'm curious. Best best current duo? One, two. Not not core. No. The best one, two, I'd I'd really have to sit down and rattle that around. Like I said, they're they're easily top five, probably top three, right off the top, right off the bat. I think I being and not uh, quite call me Homer. I call Matt a Homer every time he talks about the Colts. I easily think uh, Diggs and Davis are up there. Davis, you could say he's slightly unproven. Waddle's got one season under his belt. They're the same guy. Waddle uh, also has the 100 <laughs> or 100 uh, receptions in a year already. Yeah, and Davis has four touchdowns in a playoff game that Miami was watching from home. I don't want to hear it. We're, we're apples <laughs> right. and oranges but at that you, point. Yeah, exactly. You're comparing All apples right. and oranges. But what I, what I was going to say is I watched a highlight clip of this game mirrored. So it was oh, yeah. Tua throwing right righty in. and Lamar throwing lefty. Throwing lefty makes it look goofy. Tua as a righty doesn't look as goofy as Tua as a lefty does. The ball still doesn't video. come out hot. It's still like yeah. he, the one or two balls that really had some, some, some cheese on him, he really had to step into. And, you know, you saw him like hard pull down to get something on it. But the motion is a lot better than it looks on, on lefty cam. So that's all I'm going to say. All right. It's, it is a fun video. Go find it on Twitter. It's a fun video. All right. So my take on Miami, I have been waiting on Miami to take that leap probably the last couple of years. I thought that last year might have been that. Uh, the team was clearly underprepared. Offensive line didn't help to his injuries. Not great. The weapons uh, outside of Jalen Waddle, you know, not good. Um, I, I, I like what I have seen up to this point, and I can only go by, you know, everybody, it, you can nitpick every single aspect of people, right? Or we're going to talk about Matt Ryan a little bit, Matt Ryan and the Colts in a, in a bit. And I, 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 I watched Matt Ryan do good things and I've watched him do some bad things, but everybody always likes to zero in on the bad things. So we all like to look at the worst of what we don't like and understand. I think that's a, you know, that's a fair case in point. Um, two is excelling. They did the dolphins did their homework. They did it. Got a, did a great job getting a head coach um, that understands him and understands the team, the offense that he wants to run and the personnel that he needs. They went out and got him help, all right? Went and traded a whole bunch of assets for Tyreek Hill. So far, 
so good. The Tyree kill trade has paid off, and Tua is benefiting it, benefiting from it, which is how it should be, right? Tua, I mean, legit, I mean, pre-Jalen Waddle, who did Tua really have? You know, he was he was throwing to uh, Devontae <laughs> Parker, Devante when, he Parker when he was healthy. Um, they went and got the weapons for him, and he's 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 benefiting it. Two weeks in a row, two and zero oh, um, against you know two fairly competitive teams. You know the Patriots uh, well, remains to be seen. Baltimore, uh, I think a lot of people have high expectations for. Well, we'll see what that is by the end of the season. But um, I'm not going to knock a guy for that performance. I believe in Tua for a long time. I watched him go toe to toe with nothing at wide receiver against the Kansas City Chiefs a couple years ago. All right. With no weapons, uh, Devontae Parker was was hurt. I uh, didn't really have a tight end. He was throwing to maybe Albert Wilson. I don't know. Uh, he can go, but we're, I, I feel like we're starting to get a little bit more consistent. Uh, in in like Andrew said, it needs to be more consistent. But I think we're starting to turn that leaf and in, in getting more consistency. Uh, you know, from Tua, it remains to be seen. I mean, this Buffalo game uh, coming up this week is a huge test. To see how much how far Tua has come. It's a huge test, and but I think it's a week to week thing, you know. Uh, as far as judging him, uh, you know, we can judge literally every quarterback at some of their worst mistakes. We've seen a lot of bad from everybody, everybody, uh, you know. So I like what I see from Tua. The progress is is shown this past week when 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 opportunity knocked, when he needed to step up and go and get a win for his team, he did. And that's all you can ever ask for from a QB one. So um, more needs to be seen. I don't think, you know, it, like, you know, beat again, competing against Buffalo this week is going to be a huge test, uh, but I don't think it's the ultimate test. I think there's steps that need to be made um, steps that can be made for this team, regardless if Buffalo sweeps them this year, if Buffalo, if they split uh, no matter what happens, there's there's steps. I think the dolphins have to be recognized as maybe one of the top ones, so far, I mean, Denver's been very underwhelming and, and Raiders have been very underwhelming. And those are two potential playoff teams. And Miami showed me where it counts the first two weeks. And that's all I can really base it on. Um, All right, let's get this stupid question over with that I came out with. All right, guys. So my Colts, their season is spiraling out of control. And I I'm, love it in a, in a sense. I love it, but I don't. I love it, but I don't. Uh, I wanted to discuss where do you guys see the blame because this is a team, and this is to me and it uh, uh, very disappointing uh, as far as what I've seen, you know, against potentially the two worst teams in the NFL. Uh, this is a team that went out, made a couple signings of some aging vets, uh, really made Colts fans maybe made people believe that they would be competing, and they now sit in week three with zero wins, uh, a tie. A uh, a big old goose egg, goose egg against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, and have to play Kansas City this week in their home opener. Oh God! Ugh. Oh my God! Ugh. It's basically, and I'll, I get like I said, I'll I'll kick this one off. It's basically a reinforcement of some of the things that I've said, and and people who don't watch Colts game all Colts games all the time uh, don't like to see. This team has a foundational issue. All right. Chris Ballard, as a general manager, is largely overrated. Whether you, I mean, people legit will on Twitter say how good Chris Ballard is. 
But if you look at his drafts, right, he's a, he's a draft guy, big-time draft guy. We talked about this uh, in the group chat yesterday. He's a big-time draft guy. He's only really, really kind of hit on two or three picks. Shaq Leonard. I'll give him Quentin Nelson. Yeah, I'll give him Quentin Nelson and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman, you know, time to, there's time to prove um, with that. But his biggest strength has always been drafting. He never wanted to go out and overpay uh, people. You know, he never, never wanted to go out and, and, and pay for guys and make big uh, draft draft pick relinquishing trades to improve the team. Um, he also stubbornly came into the season saying, oh, we're happy with the wide receiver room. Double down on it. He doubled down on it. We are happy with the wide receiver room for what it was. There's plenty of quotes out there um, of things that he has said. All right. Stubborn general manager, not willing to adapt uh, to a modern NFL. It's horrible. It's really painful to watch. Uh, and, of course, you know, I I despise head coach Frank Wright. I don't I don't despise human. I don't despise offensive coordinator. I don't despise the football player. But I despise head coach Frank Wright. Because you know, everyone likes, oh, it's not the coach's fault. It's his job to get the team prepared week in and week out. And there have been numerous occasions where the team comes out and looks absolutely flat and they choke away games. Bad decision making, in game, play calling. Stuff like that. People want to blame Matt Ryan uh, for a lot of the issues. And while he did not play good uh, this past week against Jacksonville, didn't really have a lot of help because a uh, a lingering left tackle issue for the last two, three years uh, was evident. And Matt Ryan was constantly running for his life. An offensive line that is the highest paid in the National Football League, featuring uh, recently extended, maybe overpaid Quentin Nelson. At twenty million dollars a year, that's oof, that's tough. Uh, couldn't push, couldn't protect the way that they were supposed to. They, you know, this bill of goods that we were sold. It's foundationally the Colts are bad, and I know this isn't at the worst. You know, they maybe they they come out and shock somebody this year, right? Maybe maybe they 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 turn things around against Casey. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. They lack the talent. They lack the uh, the depth. They. Uh, Oh, God, it's so hard to watch. It really is. It has made me hate football in a lot of instances. You know, people, uh, this is one thing that I, I've been listening to Indianapolis radio a lot lately. Dan Dockich, uh, I know he's kind of a controversial dude. I don't agree with everything he says, but he brings us some great points. Is anybody batting an eye at Christian Kirk's uh, uh, annual salary right now? Anybody? No. Nope. I mean... Uh, he hasn't been playing. I'll, 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 I'll still judge it in a way that I could probably find better ways to spend the money, but he's been good for them. <laughs> right. That's, you know I mean? Sometimes it was a lot of have, money, but <laughs> that's sometimes what you have to do. All right. That's sometimes what you have to do. I'm glad I'm getting this off my chest. I'm not going to yell like I wanted to last night, even though I couldn't record uh, Colts fans in Bill's land because of the lack of internet issue. But, um, uh, you know, nobody. It's a good move as of right now. I think he has three touchdowns, three, four touchdowns at this current point in time. He's played pretty good. I think he's had two games over 100 yards. Uh, you know, that's one of the big things that we all made fun of. We all thought it was a big joke, but uh, so far so good for that. Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk. 
Right now he has 12 receptions for 195 yards and two touchdowns, which pretty decent. Two games, so you're about right. That's not bad. Yards I game. think he had 120 the week in week one. I think he had 120 that's, week one. That's still not bad. No, for especially where Jacksonville was. Yeah, that's not too shabby. I just, I, I don't know where. I mean, I think it's just top to bottom. Like they're going to have to break this whole thing down. That's that's what I'm, you know, long term wise. I think they're going to have to completely strip it down. I think you have to trade guys. I, I really do. Because this isn't working, and maybe I'm being over dramatic, but you like this team has not showed any fire or passion for a team that was pissed off and Jim Mercy be like, oh, cheap scene uh, last year from the from an airplane, and you come out with this kind of fire, you tie the Texans who you only scored three points on you last year, you come out to the team that knocked you out of the playoffs in Jacksonville. This big statistic, haven't won, haven't won a week one in eight years, haven't beaten Jacksonville in Jacksonville in eight years. And that's the kind of performance you get. It's really despicable. It's kind of gross. Uh, and players just don't look interested at all. Kenny Moore got his Pro Bowl nod last year. And he hasn't done a fucking thing since. Dude is so overrated. He got he he peaked. He got his goal. He tried to sit out of camp for a little bit because he wanted a bigger contract. And this is the performance we got. It's gross. It's dog shit. Anyways, I could go on forever, but we don't have time for that. Brian, your take on where the the Colts sit. You know I have been a loud and proud supporter of Chris Ballard. Yep. Those days are over. My man. Their lack of attention to two areas and only two areas is what's keeping this team from being able to win the South handily. Offensive line, it's right there. Wide receivers, offensive line, wide receivers. You can't just have one all pro guy in Nelson and stab him in the arm and just like duplicate him as a clones. You know what I mean? You got him. Good job. Um, there were guys in free agency. In fact, I think there's at least two guys on the Bills practice squad that could help your squad today. And Baylor did none of it. Nope. Well, Sorry, because weren't they in the Tyron Armstead race? I don't know if that was brought up. I don't know if that was a thing. I don't think they okay. wanted to pay that. I don't think they wanted to pay that. Oh, I mean, they should have. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. Every year they brag about cap space. We got all this cap space. Well, fucking do something with it. We're gonna do something with it. We're a win now team. Go do something with it. You don't. You don't win games of cap space. Um, and cap is fake. We all know this. Except for look at the Rams right now, and that defense is the reason <laughs> they aren't good is because they keep using draft picks as trade bait. And, and yeah, paying. they got their they got their Super Bowl though. It's yeah, it's, they did. You've gotten Super Bowls too. Shut up. What? No, no, no. <laughs> but not in like this new system though. Not in this new style. Not in this new belief that Chris Ballard. Like <laughs> that's what I'm saying though. I know it re- sounds like really selfish of me, but Chris Ballard's mentality of building up a team as is not reflective of what's the standard today, which yep. is what Brandon Bean is doing in Buffalo, which is what uh, whatever the hell his name is, is doing with the Rams. You know what I mean? The, the, it's, yep. it's, a, it's, it, it's become the NBA where it's win now, win now, win now. Developing teams is not going to work. Taking to drafting. It, it's, it's not going to work. It's, it's not the only way to, to, to truly build a team. This isn't the 1940s or 50s anymore. 
the only way to stay competitive in the NFL, it's it's all about one position is the quarterback. If you're going to be competitive year in, year out, and you're you're forecasting out more than a decade, and you want your GM is like, if he's going to catch any sort of accolades for executive of the year and things like that, if you don't have the quarterback, who cares about five years from now, six years from now, whatever? Like you, that's the guy that's going to keep you competing. Everyone else changes. All the other parts change over time. It's the quarterback that keeps you relevant and keeps you competing. Um, I don't think Matt Ryan is the problem. I'll rule him out right now. I am with you on Frank Wright. So if I had to place blame and you gave me, you know, a scale and said, all right, you, you gotta, you gotta figure out which way is this leaning the most on. I mean, right now it's, it's easily 60, 40 of Frank Wright. And then Chris Ballard, it's 60% Frank Wright. He can't figure out how to get this team to get easy, easier scores. Terrible he's, red zone he's, offense. He's got to figure it out. He's he's got to figure he's got to figure out easier ways to get to score because you guys driving down the field of 10, 12 play drives that end up in touchdowns is not going to be something that I would be banking on. It's going to be very challenging for your team. The wide receiver depth is you've already said it and. You know, Jonathan Taylor can't. You you can't, you're gonna wear him out if you try running the just smash. Well, yeah, look, look what the pills did to Derrick Henry yesterday. Look what the pills did to Derrick Henry yesterday. Awesome. It's got a it, time. It it's it's going to run out. You, like the pills, like oh, you know, unimpressed. Oh, they're sending Derrick Henry down our throats. Okay, let's let's put the kibosh on it. It's gonna happen with Jonathan Taylor, who's a less, you know, a much smaller, maybe a less durable. We'll see, but you know, the smaller guys, they get hurt a little bit easier. And I, I mean, I do well, not want to see JT run to the ground. He also comes into the league coming from an offense in college that ran the crap out of the ball. The dude led all of college football every single year he was in college. He led everyone in touches. <laughs> yeah. So he's already got a short shelf life. Yeah, the philosophy has failed. Uh, Frank Wright is done. No matter what the outcomes are for the rest of the year, I think they move on. Chris Ballard probably should go too because then you can just start fresh. And I got good news for you, Matt. Ravens fans are begging for John Harbaugh to be fired. I love Harbaugh. And they're not paying Lamar Jackson, who John Harbaugh loves. How about this 2023 Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, both reunite in Indy. Oh, let's go. I've heard a couple interesting theories. I don't hate that. I don't hate that idea. I really don't. I've heard a couple other interesting ideas, though. Uh, buying out the other Harbaugh's contract for Michigan. Nah, you don't want him. He's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. He's blowing out teams in college right now. I don't know. Well, He's everybody's. Loony. Yeah, it goes hand in hand with Jim Mercer. It'd be all right. Um, also. Uh, <laughs> Two loonies make a right. Is Ryan Grigson coming back too? Uh, two pe- There's people in Indianapolis who are begging for Grigson to come back. Come on. I swear to God. I've been listening to the, that show all week. It's crazy. The other one that I really like, my voice is cracked. I really like. <laughs> and you really like it then. I really like it. Is Ken Dorsey. Oh, yeah. You cheeky bastard. Right now, uh, Frank Reich has the second most odds, best odds to get canned. So it's not good. Yeah. 
He's just lucky he doesn't dress like Matt Rule, or else he already would have been. <laughs> Is there the worst fit in in all of in the NFL when it comes to head coaches on the sidelines? That guy looks like a walking dumpster. <laughs> I was thinking about this last night. Is Doug Peterson the only one with a safe job right now in the AFC South? Ooh, because uh, Vrabel looked like complete garbage. Yeah. Who's to the Giants, I know that was like on a field goal, but you lose to the Giants. You try and keep on shoving the square peg into the round hole last night with Derrick Henry. It like where's the creativeness there? Frank Wright shit in the bed. And Lovey Smith, God only knows what the tight or the Texans do on a year to year basis. So Honestly, I think Doug, Doug Peterson's not a bad coach. I hate the way it ended in Philly, but I found this out. Frank Reich wasn't calling the offense of plays when he was in Philly. It was Doug Peterson. Yeah. So I didn't know that. That's a lot of these guys. Yeah. Jaws, your thoughts on the Colts, buddy? I mean, how long can you survive on not having receivers and just doing patchwork old quarterbacks? You can't, which means it starts from the top down. Like I, and Matt Ryan's not the problem, but he's not the answer. Right. You know, this receiving core two, three years ago, we were talking, I was talking about how like, Hey, there's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of talent here. And there's not anymore because they just haven't panned out. And maybe that's because they spend four or five years playing under guys in their fifties. I don't know. Sorry. Playing with quarterbacks in their fifties is what I meant. I I just, at some point, you know, we, we talk every year in the off season, you either get better or you get worse. There is no lateral move. A lateral move is a, is a negative step. Yep. And it seems like they're like, okay, we're just going to try to get better with drafting. They haven't drafted overly well, like you said. So you're like, you were, I, I personally, okay. GM got to go Bye. Frank Reich. Love the dude. You know, finding out he didn't call the plays in Philly changes a lot because I liked him when he was calling, when he was quote unquote calling plays in Philly. But um, yeah, you know, if that's not the case, then okay. I have questions. Why weren't you calling the plays in Philly? If you were that, if you were the offensive coordinator and now you are calling the plays and it looks like this. Oof. Um, But uh, I mean, you got to tear it down from the top, from the top down. And, and then you got to go, you know, spend some of that money, get some talent, get some, some players, and then hope the new people you bring in start hitting on the draft. Yeah, because I don't, I don't really people. Yeah. I mean, the, the the probably the best game Frank Reich ever coached was the first half of their game against the Bills in the playoffs. It was good. He he called a really good one against Green Bay, uh, in twenty twenty as well. Really, really good game script. Game script called it really good. But those are like, I mean that's a game and a half of examples. There's been, you know, there's well, largely, and, largely disappointing in a lot of other instances. Well, and then, you know, you can look at the Jonathan Taylor five touchdown day. That wasn't him. That was the bills fucking up and, you know, shit. I could run the ball in five times. If you put, put me on the 10, 17 times in a row, right, shit. Anyway. Yeah. They need to tear it down from the top. Yeah. Burn it. Painful. Burn the whole damn thing. Painful. Ugh. Andrew, buddy, your thoughts on uh, my Indianapolis Dolts? I was a very big Chris Ballard supporter as well, but I think as time goes on, 
like you said, with the drafting, and I was just looking at his draft picks, and I don't even think half of these guys are on the team anymore. Uh, and this was only up until what was it, 2018 or so? And I don't even think half of these guys are on the I team. I think 2017 was his first draft. Yeah, I think. Oh, actually, actually, this is up till 20 after the 2020 draft. So nothing from 2021. Okay. In 2022. And I don't even think half of these guys are on the team. Like looking at depth charts and everything else. And also with the quarterback situation. Would it have made we've talked we did kind of a what if on this. Wouldn't it have made more sense? And I know this kind of goes a little bit against what Jazz was saying, to keep Phillip Rivers and maybe try and keep a maybe a younger quarterback around. It seems like they don't really do that to develop behind Phillip Rivers. You right. probably could have got about what another year or two out of him after that season. Possibly. I know that there is inside details that the Colts did phase out Rivers to go get Wentz. It was something that Reich wanted to do and Ballard apparently really wanted to do because they thought because Wentz yeah. is on the younger side and they thought that could have that could have been it. Um, yeah, but that wide receivers. I mean, we've seen that with once. All he did was throw. We did the what if episode. All he did was throw to Michael Pittman last year because yep. probably because he didn't really have anything else. But that also comes into kind of an elevation thing as well as do you have other pieces that could elevate either your quarterback or can your quarterback elevate the pieces around you? Right. It's got to be one of those two things. And the offensive line situation is just not very good. And it seems like he's just the master of the one-year deal with just even outside of quarterbacks. Like, oh, we're going to get Eric Fisher, but we're only going to do one year deal. Okay, don't worry. We're going to get Stefan Gilmore, even though he might not be still be the same Stefan Gilmore, but it's a one year deal. And we're just going to pay him $10 million. It seems like his Prove it. Yeah. is, is, you know, the guy that's like you said, needs to prove it. Here's $10 million. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're an NFL player, just go to, go to Indy. Chris Baylor will give you $10 million and you can prove it. Frank Reich, the, the calling the place thing is alarming because um, I know when the Dolphins hired Joe Fieldman, I was in the same boat as you were. Was I think it was right after the Packers won the Super Bowl. He was the Packers offense coordinator. Everybody was like, hey, we got the Packers offense coordinator. Yeah, but he didn't call the plays. Mike McCarthy called the plays. Right. So how is that helping us? Right. And maybe Frank Reich, as I... I've met him, you know, he is a nice guy, a lot nicer than that other guy, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but maybe that's the problem too. Maybe Kindness. you need a John or a Jim Hardball. I think to go in there and say, playtime's over boys. We're not going to be playing these games anymore. Somebody and tough. Yeah. Very, very, you know, this is done. And Chris Ballard, you're done. And maybe Jim Ursay just needs to hire a guy and shut his mouth sometimes. In a, in a, I'm, that is one thing I've noticed throughout. Here we go. Once again, I know I'm going to get in trouble throughout NFL history. These Ursays are very outspoken. Yeah. When sometimes it's best if you just shut up. And let and you hire the guys 
to do the football work for you. Right. Couldn't, that's what you need to do. Outspoken owners don't always amount to winning teams or anything else. I've never heard Stan Kroenke talk, and it's been beautiful for the Rams other than this season, kind of. You know, we I've not heard Terry Pagula really talk, and outside of the Sabres, the Bills seem to be beautiful in Buffalo as, as an ownership thing. So that is, I think, probably the problem, is Ursay just needs to shut up. Ballard, if he is going to stay, he needs to be aggressive in this aggressive league. You have to make a deal at some point that some people might not think is totally awesome. I know he kind of did it with DeForest Buckner. He like dipped his toe in there and he was like, oh, I'm not doing that again. In a in a way where he gave up a first round pick, but it pays off. Yeah. I mean, the Bills needed Bills needed a wide receiver. They were like, hey, we're not going to trust it to the draft here in Minnesota. Take our first round pick and we'll take your disgruntled Stefan Diggs. And Stefan Diggs loves Buffalo. So maybe that's what you got to do. Yeah. Is you got to make the big move or go sit down at the little kids table and let the big boy GMs make the big boy moves. Yeah, I agree. Ursay does need to stop. He puts a, he, he's painted a big target on his back. He legit called Jacksonville the worst organization in the NFL. And they did that to him. So that's what you get. All right, moving on to our final discussion topic. Thank you, gentlemen, for sticking with us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I do like talking with you guys um, a ton. So, Josh, we'll start off with you for this one. Quarterbacks uh, calling plays. All right, so I think we've seen this uh, a little bit this year, a little bit last year, but um, discrepancy, you know, who's calling plays. All right, we've been talking about calling plays um, the whole time. Do you feel like it, it should still be, in, in the, you know, completely in the power of the head coach, uh, or do you think, quarterbacks should maybe take a more aggressive approach to calling plays on the field. Um, you know, and that is because we, we see some stuff, right? Uh, going back to the Colts, I've seen, you know, in week one, Matt Ryan, when uh, up-tempo, calling plays, the offense moved. It hummed. It was great. They scored touchdowns. They eventually came back and tied the game. Uh, under Frank Reich, uh, it was not so good. All right, it was a little bit stagnant. Uh, there was apparently something, a video that came out of a little discrepancy between Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow this past weekend in uh, and in Dallas. We've seen other instances of this too. Uh, Jazz, where do you think the uh, the power? I mean, the, the where's your mindset with the with the whole play calling situation? As a coach, and for reference, I've been a coach for sixteen years. Uh, now, granted, it is in baseball, not football, but I equate this a lot to allowing your catchers slash pitchers to call the game, you know, in, instead of a coach calling the pitches and just saying like, listen, I'm going to tell you what to call. You call it, he throws it. And that's that. And to me, it, it's gotta be a give and take, right? But that give and take is something that's earned. Like the coach is the guy in charge. He's the one that says, this is what we're doing. So your coach sets the playbook. He sets the schemes, they're they're the ones that break down tape and they're the ones that get together and say, this is what we think is going to work. And in turn, they're then the ones responsible for when the plan works or does not for whatever reason, for you to be able to step in and say, I think we should do this regardless of the plan or Hey, within the plan, you have to earn that right. Now has Matt it like in, in the instance of, 
the Colts. Has Matt Ryan earned that right? Probably, which is probably why he was allowed to do it. Right. Has Joe Burrow earned that right? Maybe. Does a quarterback, first-time quarterback in a first-time system, the first year in the NFL, earn that right? Probably not. No. Situational. You know, yeah, it's absolutely situational. It's it's how much do you understand what we're doing? How much do you understand the game at this level? How much do you, you know, like study your playbook? I mean, we saw the disaster with the Kyler Murray experiment. Me and you talked about that, and I think the return of discussion questions. We did, yes. You know, and, and what did I refer to that as? That's a here you go, kid. Here's the rope. Go hang yourself. Oh, that sucked, didn't it? Now go sit down and shut up and let the men talk. Right. Like that's what that was. Uh, the instance that we're that kind of brought this question up was the um, you know, Joey Bag of Donuts looking at his coach and being like, No more, no more, you know, empty sets, put a running back back there with me. And then he takes a sack on the next play. Right. With a running back back there. Now, is that I think I have more time because I have another blocker. So I held on a little bit longer and took a sack. I don't know. I didn't see the play, but that sounds, that sounds right. You know, and Hey, I'm under a lot of pressure, Put another guy. Okay. Well, you're under a lot of pressure. So get rid of the fucking ball. I, you know, there, there's more to it than that. It's not just, well, you thought you knew better. It's, it's a give and take. It's an adjustment thing. And you, and it's something you have to prove that you've earned. And I mean, this, it doesn't matter who you are here, right? This is Josh Allen during the game on Monday, looked at the sideline and like two or three times, well, we're going, we're going, I don't care. We're going. And they let him go. And then there was a time where it was, come on, we're going. And he walked off the field. Like, <laughs> no, 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 let's go get off the field. Like where we don't need it right now. Right. And you know, so the, there, it is a give and take. It's gotta be earned. 100% it's gotta be earned. Very good. Brian, your thoughts on uh, Colin plays. Yeah, I saw this play live. I was actually able to catch the end of this game. And I was in the in the mindset of that moment of thinking that 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 one play snippet of him you, where you actually get the on-field mic catching him talking and matching it up with his lips that he was able to say, you know, um I didn't want to run this play because it was I had an empty backfield. And I didn't like what we were doing. What that tells me more than anything is that he's not, he, in that particular play, not all the time, he didn't have an audible. He didn't have an adjustment to bring an extra blocker in. And he thought in that moment that I can't, I can't run this play because someone's not going to get open quick enough, or we're trying to develop a deep shot. I'm not going to have time. You know, one of those things, something something about it more than just a blocking didn't work together. Now, when it comes to actually calling your own plays at the line, um, I don't know how much I care one way or another because, like, <laughs> this is so stupid to bring up, but I don't care. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I play Madden, I use I support I that. Use, the sky view, the all 22 view, because I can see the whole field. Right. And the quarterback, as familiar you are with your own playbook, as familiar you are with your opponent, as much uh, game film as you've watched and as, as confident as you might be, that dude that's sitting 30 feet up above your head, he can see way more than you can. Correct. And He's got all these other dudes communicating in 
time to him with every single personnel change that happened. You in real time, that coordinator is also getting, hey, uh, they just lost their uh their cornerback just went on an injury. Like you will hear that in real time. Joe does Joe Burrow on the field doesn't get that. Right. The coordinator does. Coordinator in real time hears all the personnel changes, reasons why, and then you can, you know, use the the quality control guys because there's there's like probably four of them in the box with them, at least. You know, there's at least four quality guys that all are rifling through notes all the time, one play ahead and and are ready for that situation. So say say it's uh second and ten, and they're already working on a third down play. They're working on third down play as if it's a first down or if it's a third and long or if it's a stays at third and 10 or whatever. They Those four guys are all supporting that coordinator to try and get to the best play possible. So I guess to sum it up, I would just say I, I still need a coordinator to call the plays. Okay. And if it's if it's a call to line that he wants to audible. Well, that's clearly something that's been communicated. That's clearly something that they're they're all comfortable with. It's you got to work as a team when it comes to calling plays like that because too many people put in too much work for just one guy on, on field level to have complete control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very good, uh, Andrew. Your thoughts uh, on on play calling? Yeah, I agree, I agree with Brian. Is you got to have the guy with the bird's eye view still calling the plays, but then again, you, uh, you can't handicap your quarterback completely. I mean, this is one of those things like what Brian was saying, you go to the sidelines, you talk, do they still have phones or am I I that? They do. No, they do. do. (laughs) Okay. You know, you pick up the phone, you look at Brian smiling because he remembers phones. you, (laughs) You talk to the guy in the sky and you say, okay, this is what it is. Here's your set of audibles. This is what you're going to do. This is what I see. This is what you see. And like he said, you got to work as a team. It can't go down to just one person. This is something I wish Josh was still here to hear this, but this is something that has been perfected over the years of NFL history from, uh, you know, taking Polaroids and putting them into a pulley system at Giant Stadium so Vince Lombardi could see what's going on on the yeah. sidelines and looking at that stuff from the shuttle system of Paul Brown. This is things that have been perfected. And I think it's really been perfected now to the point where technology has come in tablets, phones, uh, headphones, calling in plays just to put it on to one person and put it on, say just the quarterback who's, I understand that probably has sometimes more knowledge than an offensive coordinator or flipped is kind of crazy it's got to be the offensive coordinator makes the call because that's why you pay him and pretty much if the quarterback doesn't feel like it he can audible out or he executes the play and that's why you pay him it comes down to what are you paid to do do and that's it okay i like that answer yeah the reason why i wanted to yeah I, i mentioned a couple of the reasons why we brought it up uh, but it also reminded me of this one time, too. Where I was actually on Hard Knocks last year for the Colts. Again, another Colts reference. Josh is not here to call me Homer. Not a problem. Not a problem. All right. So it was against the, the Colts against the Bucks, And uh, they did a whole bunch of passing plays. Carson Wentz, I think, threw like 20-something times straight. And Quentin Nelson was off the sideline. He goes, Frank, we have the best running back in the, in the league. Can we please call a run play? 
Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? I don't know if Carson Wentz was, uh, you know, had the, the, the IQ for that, but th- that was like an eye-opening moment for me that maybe sometimes the players understand what the hell's going on more than the coaches. That's That was part of the reason why, you know, I, I brought this up because I think, too, at a certain point when you're a vet, uh, you know, it it, it you, it's kind of it might be your responsibility. Yes, I know they got the bird's eye view and all the analytics and stuff. That's a big, big part of today's game. Uh but there's something, you know, that just keeping a, uh, you know, keeping an eye, uh, you know, you, you, you can't really see things the way that the quarterback, especially somebody like a like a proven bet, right? If you've been around for, for some time. Audible's at the line, that's fine. I think, Andrew, you and I talked about, was it Vinny Testaverde wasn't allowed to audible at the line with uh, oh. with the Browns? Was it him? Yeah, and no, no, that was the big one of the big problems with Jimmy Johnson and Marino was the, he took Marino's ability to audible at the line. Right. Because he like, didn't want to do it, yeah. it, And that's, it, it's kind of two different situations. Okay, Vinny Testaverde, Dan Marino. But he, I think you cannot take away, either way, you cannot take a quarterback's ability. Like, you, I think that's what you're alluding at, right? Right. I, I, I think, like I said, rookies, Younger guys, you're not quite sure about, you know, uh, transitional quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I get that. But vets who understand your book have proven some to you. I think they should have a little more leeway personally. And some of them do. And some of them do. But I just, man, like it's, it's, you see the results, right? Didn't, I mean, I know it's Tom Brady, but didn't Tom Brady tell like uh, his offensive coordinator, like, fuck off, like Byron Leftwich yeah. told like, fuck off last year. No, yeah. we're doing this. Like, basically, he goes, nah. We're doing that. And it's 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 one of those things that, you know, it, like I know Brady is godly and stuff, but I feel like there's other players who have earned that. Um, I, I think have earned that ability to, to call plays at the line, too. They just see stuff. They hear stuff. Right. They're hearing stuff differently. They're picking up on stuff. Philip Rivers is great at that. You know, setting the line. Oh, you know, he point guy. He point the defense out. You're not even the right spot. And he go and pick him apart. I mean, yeah. that's the stuff that the coaches and the guys up in the box. They don't hear that stuff. They don't see that stuff. They don't see that. And that's why, you know, that's why I feel like sometimes, you know, it, 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 there's gotta be that perfect balance. Well, you know, their we, weekly play sheet, man, uh, uh, changes, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't go into every single week with that big p- piece of paper. They see laminated piece of paper. It's not laid out the same every week. It changes. And the reason is for exactly what you're talking about, which is you need to be 100% ready to call your approved plays that your quarterback and you have hashed out all off season. I like this play. I don't like this play, this in and out. And then you take that week's matchup and you say, all right, third and down. We like third, third and short. We like these plays third and long. We like these plays. Yeah. First and short. We like these plays. And then that gives the quarterback opportunities to then call his own play. Something Peyton Manning always said, is his job at the line when people are always like, he's always just moving stuff up. He's like, I'm just trying to avoid a bad play. I'm not necessarily going to get us into a, a better play. I'm just trying to avoid us getting into a bad play. Yeah. And I think that's that's all that Joe Burrow did on that particular play was like, he didn't have any other options. He's like, this is a bad play. We're out. We're yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And then he did yeah. another bad play after, but whatever. I mean, the only time that I could think of where a coach just so stubborn that he wouldn't let the quarterback do as much is when you know Roger Stallback retired. 
is Landry was like, no, you're not calling the plays. I, I call the plays. It's it's best way to do it. I mean, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the exact words, but that's what happened. And Stallback was like, you know what, then I really have no I'm desire. Out. To I'm, I'm out. Yeah. And so, but that is, that could just be two stubborn egos going at each other. But if you do what Brian says, you collaborate, you listen, you go through everything and, I think Andy Reid's Waffle House menu. I don't think that changes at all. <laughs> I don't think that changes. Probably not. Waffle Probably House not. menu doesn't change. Uh, but that is something that you got to do. And yeah. I think that might be in what the problem with the Colts is the rapport. If you're not in a good rapport with, you know, your offensive coordinator and your quarterback and they're not feeling it together, probably that could probably be the ultimate or the play caller in the quarterback. And they're not feeling each other and not agreeing on things. I think that could just totally destroy a team. Must be for disaster. Yeah. We've probably you seen gotta, it happen a lot more. and We don't even realize it. You so, got to trust each other. You got to yeah. trust each other. You get for paid sure. to call plays. You get paid to execute plays. But at some point, you got to have a common ground on everything. Absolutely. Well, we got through it, everybody. That was really hearty and good. I, it was a fun conversation. So, guys, thank you. Andrew, thanks for hopping on. Brian, thanks as always. I know you've been hopping on a lot more recently. I appreciate you for doing that. Uh, Jaws had to dip out. His, uh, his, his fiance was pretty pissed, apparently. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't because know. she's. She's feeling like absolute garbage, I think. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that is right. That is a, that is a yeah, thing. She's, she's hella sick, I think. That's a, that is a thing. I almost forgot about that. But <laughs> thank you so much, listeners, for staying tuned uh, and, and hearing us chat. Love to hear your opinions, as always. And on behalf of Andrew, Brian, Jaws, and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. Yeah, it's fine.